What's up, everyone, and welcome to our first actual episode of Project Sundoku. My name is Drew. I'm here with my co-host and brother, Alex. What's up, guys? And we're here to bring you the first review. Hope y'all are excited as we are. Before we jump into the nitty-gritty, Alex, my man, what have you been up to? Not much. Uh, Let me just start off by saying, I think I'm just going to say what's up, guys, every episode. And just get louder and louder every single time. Since you guys were roasting how low I was on that first episode. And I'm just going to blow you guys' eardrums out by episode episode 30, man. Nah, man, I've been good. We had SAC Anime last weekend. That was freaking amazing. It was actually my first experience. Drew was not an anime convention. <laughs> nah, but um it was it was awesome, man. We saw some insane fits, saw a bunch of uh, original merch, some crazy prices, man. Holy crap, everybody just out there scalping these days. Anime is the business to be in. Yeah, you're not uh you're not joking around there. You know, there's no there's no surprise that Alex and I love to collect manga and there was not a single book under retail. It was pretty wild. Everything was to the moon and back. It's like my boy Elon was out there selling or something, (laughs) selling us to Mars. It was insane. But out of everything you saw, what do you think surprised you the most besides these sky-high prices? So Drew and I actually got to see some panels. Drew definitely dabbled a little bit more than I did, but I got to see the uh, American voice actors for the Naruto panel. That was amazing, man. So not only did we get to uh, hear them speak, but we actually spoke to Tom Gibbous, the speaker or the voice actor for Shikamaru. Holy bro. First of all, stand-up guy. Amazing dude. Super talkative. The only thing that sucks about that is that uh, we had to wait in line for like 30 years because this guy does those one-on-ones like crazy. But uh, it's so special to go up there and actually speak to somebody who cares. You know, this guy was showing us pictures of his dog. Like, I'm, <laughs> it wasn't about just anime. It was cool house experience. Friendly dude. He uh, said that he loved boba. So Drew and I ran three blocks down the street, picked up some boba for him and his wife, and that fool clutched us with some with some uh, signatures. Oh yeah, we got Man. some super cool autographs from him. You know, he had to throw on though. What a drag! Oh my goodness, it was phenomenal. Killer Maybe- guy. Maybe uh, if you guys go past 20 one day, we'll uh, rock, paper, scissors to see which one of us get rid of one of our signed things and, and give that one out. Hey, I think the real goal is to have the man on the podcast. I think he was uh, somewhat open to it. So I stay know. tuned, listeners. We're only going to grow bigger. It's, it's going to be a, a pretty wild ride once it gets on here. Oh, for sure. But besides that, nothing too crazy. It's kind of like what I expected. Aside from those fits, man, some of those guys Oh yeah, you saw. How how do you feel about that? I love it. I'm a I'm an avid <laughs> cosplayer myself. You know, uh, I rock the Sanji. Got I'm a huge One Piece fan. Stayed in the previous episode, and I had to dress up as my boy Sanji. Free time skit for those One Piece heads out there because you got to know the eyebrow only curls on the outside. The awkward curl on the inside is not the look for the boy Sanji. Um, got to meet a whole bunch of Loopies, some awkwardly good looking ones too. And that's just a whole other conversation with my psychiatrist for another day. <laughs> um, but it was killer. You know, if, if those listeners out there uh, haven't been to an, an anime convention or an expo or anything like that, get out there. Go meet the community. There's a lot of amazing people out there. We have a big goal of having a booth at one of the conventions upcoming soon, whether it's a SAC Expo or even a Country Roll event or something along those lines. I think it'd be absolutely amazing um, to shoot out there and get to know you guys in person, give out some interviews, some free swag, get to see how handsome Alex is in person. It's the whole nine. 
he's not lying. No. <laughs> but for us, it was a big fumble, actually. We went out there. Everybody was very supportive, very communicative. Uh, they wanted to know more about us. We had nothing out at the time. We felt like we made some mistakes. So at this point, we're just ready to get the ball rolling. We don't want to slip up anymore. We do want to give a lot. We do want to give back to you guys, give out some free merch. I'm actually um, the guy who designed the logo. I wanted to design some shirts. I already got some pretty fire ideas that I haven't even talked to you about yet. We're just excited, man. And um, we hope one day we have our store open and everything like that. It's definitely the goal eventually. For sure, listen in every week. We're giving as much as we can to the community because uh, just listening to us is you guys giving to us and we appreciate it. Yeah, and we definitely have some surprises in store at the end of the episode. So hang out. Y'all be a little surprised. Um, but as far as anything that's been going on with me... I picked up a lot of 400 mangas recently, uh, kind of assorted, a little random, had some really cool uh, out-of-print titles, some I kept for the collection, some I had to get back to the community, the whole nine. Finally made the move to grab my first two copies of Vagabond. Fire. Super excited. We cannot wait to review that bad boy. I have one and two. If you have three through, I think, 12, correct? Uh, hit me up. Definitely looking to, to get on those ASAP. I got three. Damn. And I'm not letting it go. I'd rather <laughs> die. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I do feel like the manga realm recently has been slipping a little bit. You know, you go online looking for these deals. I feel like there's there's not like the same sense of community as it even was like a month ago. A lot of people are starting to scalp, kind of like we talked about previously. Uh, but especially those, you know, OOP titles. And you're paying a lot for something it's stupid, that... stupid, man. Truly. Yeah, I I'm couldn't agree more. Like, we're starting this initially just because we want to like have an open aside from the podcast we want to have an open way just to be able to sell people stuff at an affordable price just because we feel like there's so many good stories out there they need people need to get their hands on them it's that simple we went to this convention there was maybe one vendor selling used manga yeah and it was thrown in a bin like i'm talking That's about true. those ten dollar walmart big bins tossed like not a single care in the world they're definitely like all folded up somebody just threw a bunch of books in a box they weren't yeah. even stacked for christ's sakes and they were in walmart prices y'all we're and talking uh, retail damn near bro, for something it wasn't used. even retail it was five dollars some other ones were twenty dollars some of them were 25 i'm like bro if you're selling me a book that's creased up for 30 bucks i should have just gone over there and told him to listen to project sendoku to get his shit together <laughs> that's right and for those of you who are listening it's about time let's jump oh, yeah. into the review for those of you who have been listening to the first one you know we're jumping into that ajin uh alex what do you think so far of just the the cover and how it looks like on the shelf oh man i absolutely love it actually it's super slick uh it's very compact Nothing too big, nothing too small. It's actually perfect for the amount of volumes it has. It's his, around seven. His girlfriend right says the same Sheesh. thing, folks. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> Faye, if you're listening, beat his ass for me. <laughs> I'm tired of him. Nah, uh, one of my favorite things about the actual covers itself is the colorway. It's not anything crazy, but every book has its own unique color to it. They're not very, uh, vi they're vibrant, but they're more pastelish. It's kind of has like this dark hue to it and it fits the story itself perfectly. And some series, especially the really big ones, they just kind of throw a random cover art and that's really cool to see. But at the same time, there's no cohesiveness. There's no similarity. It's kind of just every manga is different. Ajin actually gives us a panel where every single volume is the same, but it introduces a different ghost. And we'll get into that later. We'll know what the ghosts are. We'll know what the ghosts are called. 
but it actually ends up adding this indifferent feel, but also very similar feel. So everything just works, man. I, I love it. What about you? Man, speaking of ghosts, I thought I was going to have to ghost Alex after this first manga he threw my way because it took me a minute to get into it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but on the shelf, it is a solid 11 out of 10. And I say that with the utmost confidence. Uh, he hit the nail on the head as far as the colorway goes. It's not in your face loud like a One Piece um, or even you know some of the other titles, kind of like Demon Slayer or Haikyuu or especially the old Death Notes. It's a really relaxed color, but it has so much going on. You can just pop it open and just look at it for a little bit. And it kind of brings life to a, a dead shelf if you don't have a big collection going on so far. It's definitely something that's a great, you know, space filler, if you will. And it is a good read overall, but we'll get more into that a little later on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, um, like the spine itself, a lot of manga have a different cover art, like I was saying earlier. But normally the spine is all just solid black, solid green, whatever it is. So it's very similar, you know. Um, but this has a different color for each one. It's like Villain Saga. If anybody knows what a Villain Saga volume looks like, you guys definitely need to know what a yeah, Villain Saga is. Yeah, y'all better. Come on now. God, they're also gorgeous. Villain Saga is very in your face, though. It's very vibrant. Um, like I said, this one has a darker hue. It's a little bit more relaxed. Fits the story perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah. I think what's pretty unique about this as well is... Obviously, it's black and white, but the first page when you open it up is colored. So it's a little unique to me. I don't have any mangas in my collection that are like that. So it did throw me off at first. It's a different texture. It's very colorized. Uh, it kind of pushes the point of the previous book, if that kind of makes sense. It's almost like a quick summary, um, like a very aggressive spark notes version of what you just read to kind of catch you back up to steam before you jump into the next volume. It's pretty unique. It's it, exactly unique is the best way to put it. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, but every single colored page, I think, has the same color as the volume itself. So like I think the, if the book's green, that color will be in a green hue. And another cool part is that they grab a random character from the actual series and they renderize this crazy 3D image of that person. Ah, oh, man, they're killing it. I absolutely love it. So yeah. Far. No, so for you, took you how long to get into it? I okay. can't see, but I'm flexing. I was shaking my head. Oof. It's true. He's attempting to flex, and uh, the head's wobbling <laughs> one way or another. Uh, it did take me a minute to get into this series. I did read all 17 volumes in a week, I think, or something like that. I don't so know. That was when you have homework, I guess. Hey, that's right, man. School me. But uh, <laughs> it's been it's been one heck of a ride. So, as important as the covers are, nothing hooks a reader into purchasing single volumes or sets more than the story itself. So in this episode, we're going to deep dive into the plot and Mangaka's background to give you guys an overall scope and review of what you can expect from the slightly gory, action-packed, human versus demi-human war that is Ajin. Ajin, demi-human, written and drawn by the mangaka Gamon Sakurai, came into serialization in 2012 through the Japanese publishing company Kodansha. Although only known for the single series, Sakurai's imaginative and graphic depiction of the world at war with immortal beings impacts the Animanga world in an explosive way. Literally. The story follows a 17-year-old Japanese high school student known as Kei Nagai. His world is ripped apart after his sudden death and resurrection. After finding out that he is what is known in his world as an Ajin, he quickly uproots his former life and goes into hiding in order to avoid becoming a government experiment. After being found by another Ajin known as Sato or the Hat, he is left with the decision to either fight with or against humanity in the world at war to come between human versus demi-human. After being found by another Ajin known as Sato or the Hat, Kei is left with the decision to either fight with or against humanity in the war that is to come between human and demi-human. 
Following a series of events, Kay makes his decision and teams up with a diverse group of human and demi-humans and plays his role in the war. As he and the other characters unravel the mysteries of Ajans, Mewki players and abilities such as physical ghosts known as IBMs begin to make a scale-tipping appearance. From action sequencing based paneling to paneling more fit for dialogue, Gamon Sakurai creates an immersive art style to not only guide readers through its series of events, but also immerses them with the use of full spread art pages. Being an action-packed seinen, this story is everything you can expect it to be. From genuine character development to graphic action scenes, Sakurai brings the world of both the living and the not-so-dead together to create the what is known in the anime-manga world as Ajin, demi-human. Man, what a story. Truly, from the top to the bottom, I think Sakurai did an absolute phenomenal job. I know you weren't feeling it too much, at least in the beginning. I just think he absolutely killed it. Just to give you guys, you know, we gave you guys a brief synopsis. We didn't want to give away too much. Very consistent. So if we start kind of dabbling a little bit too much, it kind of gives too much away. One thing I absolutely loved about this series is that a lot of anime or manga is just a little too philosophical for me. Everything has to be a big story. A 16-year-old figuring out how to what peace and love is. and spreading That's that. right, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's... That's a Jew's entire forte at this point. But um, in this series, the protagonist and the antagonist, both of them just do because they want. And borderline, they kind of do because they feel like they have to. It's nothing more than that. It's not about, oh my God, this is what's right for the world. We need to figure this out. It's just, fuck it. If I want to kill someone today, I'm going to kill someone today. If I want to save the world today, I'm going to save the world today. If I want to run away, I'm going to run away. It's that simple. Yeah, the story actually brings a lot of interesting elements of light and dark together, in my opinion. Uh, not only, I would say, you know, from K to the hat, but I think a really interesting relationship uh, is between K and Kai. I feel like Kai is the definition of light. He's always there no matter what. And when you go on through the story, you'll learn a little bit about his kind of backstory, if you will. Uh, and almost like what made him to be that way. But this dude, K, threw his homie away in a blink of his eye because his mother told him to if he wanted to be successful. Broke my heart. I know Alex could never throw me away. I'm way more valuable than that. Right, my boy? Hey, don't hold your breath, my guy. She. <laughs> he says that he's blowing kisses to me, y'all. But in the, with them. <laughs> in, in the end, he calls Kai when he needs him the most. And that dude just blink of an eye shows up it's a kind of an interesting theme that you see throughout the story if you will like kai is such a solid person even though a lot of the foundation around him is not uh, he i think he plays a very pivotal role in the story he's my favorite character uh, the guy is wild you know like one of my favorite scenes is in the first few volumes when uh the cops are pursuing k and this dude kai puts those crocs in four-wheel drive jumps up and kicks this dude in the back of the head grabs his boy and gets out of there I mean, that's my time. That's my kind of homie. I don't got any crocs for you, Drew. I don't know if I can jump as high as that fool either. <laughs> I might kick a motherfucker in the shin. I might snake someone for you. So I feel like I started getting kind of really involved in the story around volume nine. And this is a 17 volume manga. So it's, you know, a little bit late in the game to really feel invested. I felt once I hit the volume nine, I couldn't put the book down. Uh, to me, the art ramped up, the story ramped up. Everything was fire on all cylinders in my opinion but with you alex it seems like you loved it from the beginning so when exactly in the book did you start feeling connected to the story man this boy drew said i didn't start feeling it until volume 17 <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> was closing the title. so this is the thing i actually um i watched it years ago when it first dropped on netflix it wasn't too great of a series in terms of animation it's 3d it's a lot like the berserk uh follow-up in 2016 it's not the greatest uh 
I just want to take the time to formally apologize to anyone who has watched this on Netflix or The Berserk. I am sorry. I can say that on the behalf of Netflix. (laughs) But I'll say this. It looks crappy, but it's actually so good. Um, I watched it fully through. I enjoyed the shit out of it. It's the reason why I actually picked it up. They didn't follow up with the second season. So I was like, oh, man, I want to know what happens. So I picked up the entire volume set. And to my surprise, they cut out a lot of stuff. It was not the exact same story that Netflix fed us. It was very diluted. It is a seinen at the end of the day. So that means it's um it's meant for older crowd. And that can have nudity. That can have gore. That can have, man, all the way to terrorism. And That's they how he can- got me to read this story, y'all. <laughs> and they can't uh, they can put that on TV. So they, like I said, they dilute it. They cut out a lot of stuff. They end up fabricating a lot of the story. I knew what was going to happen. So from the very beginning, I was very sucked in. I, I was excited. And then when I started seeing all these different sequences and these different story and timelines, I started, my mind started getting mind blown. I'm like, whoa, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. But I ended up getting a whole different slice of pie. And I loved it. It kept me on my toes. Some stuff that I didn't i know i'm saying i'm writing pretty damn hard for this series but there were some stuff i didn't like one thing was uh his art is gorgeous his ibms are absolutely insane each one they're all ghosts they look like mummified even though they have the exact same style at the end of the day he makes each one special and unique and you can just tell whose is whose but when it comes to the humans to the characters I feel like he kind of butchers their faces. What about you? I feel the same way. I think there's a lot of good detail uh, in the IBMs. I think they're super unique. They almost like have their own personality. Even essentially, they don't have any lines. Uh, it was really upsetting to see some of the characters. I think my biggest takeaway from the stories is everyone has the same emotion. So everyone has one singular bead of sweat rolling down their cheek. And they're like, ara, ara, or this guy needs to get murked. However you want to do it. It's just very weird. It's like show some different expression. Um, I think that's something that picked up in the later volumes. And that could have been just me being more involved in the story. But in the first, you know, eight volumes, it was really frustrating to say, like, okay, this guy feels the same way as this guy, as this guy, as this guy. And they all have such different experiences. So I feel like there should be a little bit more variety in the emotions uh, and definitely depict that through the artwork. I'm on the opposite spectrum here. It is all character development for me. Like I said, they're not messing around with little things. They are messing around with terrorist attacks. At the end of the day, it is a, it is a war. And um, they have to be built for that shit. You know, they, These are people who are going in and thinking, hey, I might die today. And that takes a very unique type of person. This isn't just your regular, this ain't plot armor, you know, this ain't, everybody's not going to survive. People get murked. So to clarify here, uh, I do agree with Alex when he's saying the character development, it's amazing. I'm saying the expression they show on their faces. So, so many characters go through different things. It seems like the art could have been portrayed better. Okay. The, so the story as a whole is killer. I will say the story is good. Even though to me, it's like you got a little bit in, the boost kicked in, then it was super fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just to clarify, because I'm going to get heat in the comments and uh, hey, flame me if you like, that's totally okay. But this character development is great, especially with the main character. I think the way he ends up after volume 17 was pretty, pretty like, okay, this is a good way to end the series, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. You get these really candy hard asses like Jew is saying very much they're monotone as fuck you're gonna get this one expression throughout the entire series with them but towards what midway through that's probably why you end up liking it around volume nine you get all their background stories and you get to see who they are and why they are that way i think at least 
towards the end of the series, they start to switch it up a little bit. You start to see people react a little bit different, start to do different moves when they were so stuck on going one way forward and that was it. Now they switch up and it's all because they kind of intertwine each other's lives. People start to influence each other. Like Kai starts to influence the shit out of K somewhere in throughout the series. So I don't know, man. Overall, I love the story. If I'm going to rate it out of a 10, I'm going to go ahead and give this a hard nine, man. From how the volumes look, how long they are, what they, how they look on your shelf, uh, how compact they are, to the paneling, the introduction of each book. Like Drew was saying earlier, they give us a recap of the last episode. It's so damn unique. I absolutely loved it. I love the start. I love the ending. It's very holistic. You feel like the show ends. You feel like the anime ends. The manga ends. It's You're not wanting more at the end of it. I'm going to give it a nine. I thought it was the shit. So going back, speaking about flashbacks and whatnot, I think one of the craziest kind of storylines in the show is, is why a lot of these demi-humans hate the government. Uh, I think it's wild to think that the government is taking these immortal beings and selling them to essentially to Big Pharma uh, and to other car manufacturers and, you know, security companies to test out bulletproof vests, to test out different cures for cancer. And they're just killing the same person over and over and over and over and over. And I think this story portrays a really interesting view of world governments because this could be happening today. Not saying we have someone immortal, but there could be some wild behind the scene things going on. You just hear a gunshot go oh, yeah. <laughs> in the background of this. Oh, yeah. The FBI definitely just shot me a DM and said, hey, boy, chill out. But uh, I think it's really interesting. And Alex, what do you think about that? Because essentially, it's like a big reason of why one part of the character is hating the government so much. And it's kind of like the reasoning behind what they started to do uh, i'm being vague y'all i just don't want to give any spoilers away but my boy i know you know what i'm talking about so how do you think like the government's kind of evil role played in this to to turn some of these characters he was sakurai was definitely getting at that exactly um that's the point of a seinen at the end of the day you know they get these topics that are controversial a little dark and they portray it in a certain way and he decided to do that with um death so once again to not give away too much the government is the one party that's never cooperative even though they're the ones that are suffering the most. Well, technically, their people are the ones that are suffering the most, but their image is the one that's being tarnished. And to an extent, they have the ability to really make a scale-tipping appearance. Like I was saying earlier, they could have been the big party to say, hey, you know what? We're going to really take this war seriously. But they never do. It's always up to a freaking 17-year-old high school student to say, I'm going to be the one to make the plan. I'm going to be the one to follow it through. I'm going to be the one to bring all these people together. These yeah. little ass freaking 14-year-old, 15-year-olds <laughs> saving the day. It's just Dang. ridiculous. I do have a couple questions for it before we go into the review aspect of this. Well, fuck me, man. I already gave you mine. Drew, he's really milking this one. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you think your two favorite characters were? Personally, I was a huge Kai fan, and I'm not going to lie. It was a tough call for my second one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the hat. The hat absolutely blew my mind this boy this man i should say he's a man among men oh for sure Uh, i mean once you learn kind of like why he's doing what he's doing you're like this dude has more than one or two screws loose it's insane Uh, he makes a whole hardware department look put together damn near (laughs) he puts himself in a wood chipper and just to like, you know, because they can die, come back to life, right? But for some specific scene, he needs to be essentially ground down. And he rolls up into this place, murks a couple people, and he's like, all right, this is your wood chipper? Cool. And just dives headfirst in it. And I think that was just insane. I know we have a lot of stories that we've all read and watched and loved, but I'm going to say this with my full chest. 
I think Sato is one of the best antagonists. Like I said, everyone is way too philosophical. You have Pain and you have Madara. You have even Miriam from Hunter. You know, like he at the end of the day was kind of crazy, but also very grounded at the same time. Not Sato. Sato is just one badass motherfucker, man. He's just there to kill people, get out for his pure enjoyment. He makes everything very political, but you know this guy is, he's sadistic. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's in it for the thrills, yeah. the thrills and the chills, my man. But it makes him one of the best antagonists in history. He's actually one of my favorite characters, too. I would give him, I would give him actually top one. My second, I might surprise you with this one. It is the, um, I don't even know. I forgot her name. She is like the security guard for the main government, dude. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Home of course. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think, uh, her background story was sad as shit. Her IBM was badass. And she is the only person in this entire series that squares up with people without her IBM. That's true. You know, there's a scene where an IBM swings at her and she drops that motherfucker, bro. Oh my God. She was bad. She was badass. I absolutely loved her. Dude, my man loves a strong woman. That is a stone cold fact. That is. That's weird. No, that's amazing, bro. Who's your favorite JJK character? Oh my goodness. My girl, Maki. See? There you have it, folks, man. What a woman. Proof is in the pudding. We'll get there one day. Faye, I need you to dye your hair green. Sheesh. <laughs> hey, don't worry, y'all. Faye is not my nickname. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Stop milking it. What's your rate? What's your rate? What's your review? All right, guys. After uh, many sleepless nights of figuring out how I'm going to break this to Alex, I actually give the story a 7.5. So she passes in my book. Uh, looks great in the shelf. The story is is very good um, once you get rolling. It's one of those ones that was outside of my comfort zone. You know, like I said previously, I am power of friendship all the way. Grow up, bro. Drew. Grow up. I uh, I can sit there all day and listen to the philosophical side of things. I love the deep talks. You know, Naruto is one of my favorites for a reason. It just gets me lost in the story. The action's really interesting. The sense that the main character will never essentially do what he needs to do was really different for me. Because essentially, you know, a lot of these main characters have an insane amount of plot armor and they're always going to get some kind of power up or this or that. And that was not the case for this series. This boy was grinding from volume one to volume 17. Uh, and not grinding like I'm a level up, but grinding like literally getting destroyed by the earth, it seemed like. The universe as a whole was against this dude. He had unfathomable odds, but just kept pushing forward. And it was it was unique. But I definitely give it a 7.5. Alright, man. I mean, agree to disagree on this one. I know I said it wasn't too philosophical, but um, like you said, you did bring up governments. You did bring up um people being grinded down. That was actually a great way to put it this fool literally does get grinded down it's crazy they put that fool in the molcajete i don't know i know drew doesn't know what i'm talking about but <laughs> all the rest of y'all that do know they they put that fool in the molcajete that shit's crazy it's cool i understand it's not going to be for everybody but if you like a story that is aggressive it keeps you on your toes and it is unique give it a shot man um also if you're okay with a little bit of goriness this one does have limbs getting blown off so Keep that in mind. You know, thinking that kind of our closing thoughts here, one thing that popped into my head was the idea that a lot of people in the beginning of the manga thought the main character was just a cold asshole who had no feelings, no emotions, all that good stuff. But there's a scene where his mom is talking to his sister and they're, they're, yep, they're going on and on about he's not cold, he's realistic. And essentially the mom was a surgeon or a doctor of some kind Uh and the main character was aspiring to be the same thing. Uh, 
and the little sister just thought his her big brother was just a terrible person and so many people in his past were like he's just terrible he's terrible he's terrible but they bring up this really interesting point about being rational or being emotional and kind of how you make your decisions based off of that so my man alex if we want if we talk about there's not a lot of philosophical things in here and i was the one saying that you know as well but this is a really interesting point it is yeah yeah what do you think you do do you think you're more on the rational side or more the philosophical side more of the emotional side I think I'm more on the emotional side. He says that with a tear in his eye looking at me. I know, honestly. No, I just, when I care, I care. And that's my problem. Uh, I've always put myself in a position where I feel like I don't have too many friends, but the friends that I have, I love and hold dearly into my heart. You know, um, the people in my love, my love, LOL. The people in my life, I I love them to death. My girlfriend, my family, my friends, they all mean so much to me. So My podcast host. I know. You and the the girlfriend part. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, I I go a little bit more rational. Sorry, a little bit more emotional. But rational definitely has to take a place in all of our decisions if we want to do things um, at least to get the outcome we want and the character plays into that at the end of the day this is a guy who's aspiring to be a doctor you know not just a doctor but a surgeon he is just all about his studies he doesn't really hang out with anybody he threw out his friend because at the end of the day he was kind of a delinquent he threw all that out because he didn't want to you know reap what that guy sowed for him that's a rational point of view so i did say it wasn't too philosophical it is it's just not in your face he's not going to sit there and try to convince the antagonist that what he's doing is wrong He's going to accept that the antagonist is the antagonist and just think, what do I do? What do I need to do? How can I do it? Can I do it? What do I do from there? That's it. Yeah, awesome, man. I think that uh, that sums up everything perfectly. Yeah. Um, so y'all, let us know what you thought of this review or what you think of Anjan. If you find us on Twitter, at Project Sundoku, uh, that brings us to our lovely special here at the end, if you will. So my boy and I are giving away the first volume of these books that we review. So the first book we'll be giving away is Anjan. So how you get that free book. So hop on Twitter and Instagram and give us a follow for Twitter. Go ahead and like that pinned tweet. Instagram, hit that like button or that comment button on the post we have going right now. We will pick one and send that lucky person a fire copy of volume one of Anjan. Yeah, just make sure you guys are following both pages. We do want to start getting some, um, you know, fan base building. We want to be able to do this for you guys. We got to start from somewhere. And like I said, we want to give as much as we can. Right now, unfortunately, we don't have any of the merch open. We don't have any of our stickers up. But once we get that, you guys are going to start getting some boxes with a little bit more um, pizzazz in it. But right now, it's just going to be the volume. Definitely give it a go. We'd love to just give you guys that that sundoku feel you know add to your guys' shelves that are way too packed right now and hopefully you guys get to it one day that's that's the goal here yeah and if there's a series you want us to review or a series that you've been looking to get to but you don't want to blow the money on alex and i are here to blow our money on that for you so we are all about seeing what's new just let us know shoot us something on twitter and we'll go from there so mr alex what's the sauce for next week Oof, we got a uh, drew's favorite cock no, we got Rooster Fighter, my guys. It is an entire... Man, I, I actually haven't given it a go yet. Neither has Drew. We are both going to be new to this. We know it's an up-and-coming... <laughs> we know it's an up-and-coming series. It is legit about a rooster that fights kaijus, from what I understand, right? I know as much as you do, and it's not a lot, but we cannot wait man. to get into it. You know what? We might be reading a yaoi. We don't know what we're going to get into. But I got we my will. fingers and toes crossed right now. <laughs> 
but we'll figure it out. We'll see what it is, and uh, we'll give you guys that review. But um, one thing we we forgot, we left out. Make sure when you guys do follow us, it's at Project Sendoku. We have that handle for both Twitter and Instagram. All right, y'all. And that's a wrap for our first review. Let us know again in the comments what you thought. Like and subscribe. All that good stuff. Alex, any closing thoughts? You know, just to make sure that you guys go out for this um, this little giveaway. My buddy, one of my good friends, uh, Alexander, we call him Chubb Stacular. My boy, love him to death. Shout out him. He <laughs> he texted me and he made a comment saying that um, I said shout out to the 13 of you guys who are listening. And we only had 14 streamers on our Spotify account. <laughs> so uh, I was pretty damn accurate. Point is, you guys are looking pretty damn good to win this giveaway if you guys do enter it. It's not looking like the biggest yet. So make sure to give it a go. Hey, but we're growing like weeds in your mother's front yard, baby. So we are getting there. Don't worry about that. One last shout out to the dude who reached out to us saying that I don't know shit because Boruto isn't a phenomenal show in my opinion. I stand by my comments. All right, y'all. That's a wrap. We'll catch you next time. See y'all later. DM Alex if you need them numbers for my freaks out there and you take it easy. All right, later, guys.